Hello, and welcome to Vibrant Potential. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Frickman. Today's guest is Michelle McGlade. Michelle is a business mentor for women entrepreneurs in the health and wellness industry who desire to take the leap from their local business to an online business. She's a number one international best-selling author. She has a podcast of her own called Making the Maven, which you can find on iTunes and all the normal spots. And I encourage you to check out the show notes for today's episode at www.drchrisfrickman.com slash making the maven. She gives lots of great advice on business and how to run a business and all those things that go along with that. But also today is a great episode because we dig in a little bit to her personal story. So we get to learn a little bit about who Michelle is and I love it for Vibrant Potential because she is really following her passion. So we talk about that, how that's kind of been shaping over the last 10 or 20 years for her career and her personal life. So I hope you really enjoy. Welcome to Vibrant Potential. We provide you with everything you need to know to overcome stress, fatigue, and chronic health challenges, as well as optimizing your performance in fitness, relationship, and business. We use integrative health solutions and functional medicine strategies, including brain-based approaches, inspired fitness tips, emotional intelligence coaching, and spiritual growth techniques, so you can live the life you want, connect deeply with others, and fulfill your vibrant potential. Your host is functional medicine expert, genetic biohacker, and triathlon coach, Dr. Chris Frickman. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you for having me, Chris. My understanding is you are joining me from beautiful rural Vermont. Is that correct? Yes, I'm in the beautiful town of Stowe, Vermont for the month of February, getting my R&R and creative time. I love that. Uh, You know that my show is called Vibrant Potential. We've talked about that before, and that's all about actualizing uh, just your truest, deepest, highest self, right? So I love that you're out there and, and you have a place that you can sort of, is the right word escape? Is that the right word or... I do feel like it's it's an escape a bit. I've I've been coming out here for a couple of years and it seems that every time I arrive something really expands for me. Wow, so great. So great. Talking about following your passions, I want to just start off by introducing my listeners to the way that you have followed your passion over the last few years. You started off you were you, you were an acupuncturist. Yes. Yes. And maybe it's not even accurate to say that's where you started because you had a life before that. But at one point you were an acupuncturist and you had a successful practice. And before that, what was going on before that? Like you've had a couple of little jumps along the road. Can you kind of fill us in? Yeah, I would say I am an expert at taking leaps in my life. So for any of your listeners struggling or wanting to take a big leap, I started my my life out of college, like most people, just looking for a job, a job to make money. And I had a, you know, a business background. So it it made perfect sense that I would 
follow the path into corporate America. And I did that for about 15 years total, became a great expert at sales and marketing and structuring strategic partnerships for companies, really glamorous, glamorous stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, And at some point, I don't really know why this happened to me at the specific time in my life. I think I had just become very self-confident, self-aware, and interested in something more like, is this it sort of feeling? And so I just made a decision. I'm familiar with that feeling. Yeah. I, so I, looking back, it was like just a no brainer. I was, and it wasn't convenient by the way, I was just finishing my MBA degree. I what it was 2008 ish, 2007, 2008. Most people remember probably the worst job market that we've known in recent times. And I decided I'm throwing in the towel. I'm leaving this all behind and I'm going back to school to follow a passion. And that was the passion. The drive was to be an entrepreneur, to do that in an industry that I believed in, which was holistic healthcare. And then the trade that I chose for myself was going to be acupuncture. Nice. How'd you come to acu- how'd you come to acupuncture? <laughs> was that was my was my like did I pause? Is that why you were laughing or or what was funny there? <laughs> I was laughing because when I tell this story, I think, oh my God, that just sounds crazy. And I did. I had I had a lot of passion and belief in myself, but I just had enough of that little bit of crazy in me to do it. <laughs> got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. So why did I choose acupuncture? So I was, gosh, I I was in my mid thirties for sure. I don't know exactly what, how old I was. And I mean, I just finished an MBA program. I was well credentialed already. I wasn't going to be, I wasn't interested in like going back to school for eight years. I thought about like being a doctor, even um, a holistic doctor, but I wasn't really interested in having to go back to school for too many years, but yet I wanted to study a medicine that really looked at the whole person and was a comprehensive approach to healthcare. And acupuncture just seemed to fit that bill. Now, I'm sure it helped that at the time I was regularly receiving acupuncture and seeing great results for myself. Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, why was that the passion? Like, why wasn't the passion, I don't know, picking grapes or, you know, whatever? Like, oh, holistic healthcare in general was um, a. Yeah. I mean, it it really was more about holistic healthcare and I just chose acupuncture. So why I was really into the alternative options, um, because I had had massage, acupuncture, chiropractic. I did tons of nutritional therapy because I struggled myself with health concerns. I, I grew up struggling, lifelong struggles with migraines. I had a diagnosis of fibromyalgia and I had gotten myself out of that cycle using alternative approaches to healthcare. The Western model never really helped me. So I was passionate about that umbrella, not necessarily just about acupuncture. Mm. When did that passion start? During college. And that's a really interesting question because you think, oh, well, why don't you maybe follow your... Because I had a little voice inside my head during college about this and I ignored it. Sure. It didn't go away. So 15 years later. So if that's a lesson to anybody listening, (laughs) listen to those little voices. Mm. 
Wow. I mean, I'm just, you know, when you say that, I'm just imagining, oh, there are people that ignore that voice their whole life. So what was, I mean, gosh, what was the impetus for change? Was it like, oh, it's 2008. I'm not going to make money anyway. I might as well go to school or. <laughs> no, like, I was making great money. I, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was making great money. I was on a great trajectory for my career. That wasn't the issue. I was really dispassionate. I was a high achiever. So why wanting... then? Like what, like what happened? What was the impetus to jump? Do you think? I know. I love to dissect this for people's story myself. And I, I don't really know. I mean, I do remember thinking I'm not where I want to be in my career. I feel like the place that I'm at is not helping me grow as fast as I'm ready to grow. Mm. Um, and I had this voice that I wanted to have my own business. If I was going to work this hard for myself, or, or if I was going to work this hard, I wanted to do that for myself. Yeah, something that you really are passionate about. I get that. Yes, I I'm, wanted to throw all that energy in there, but no, there wasn't I'm just like, wondering why you buried it for 15 years and then you jumped. Uh, you're married and you have no kids, right? Yes. And how long had you been married when you, in 2008? Four years. Four years, okay. Hmm, looking for yeah. a pattern, but I'm not seeing it yet. No, there's not, and you know... Well, if I go deeper into the story, so I felt this little inkling during the college years. I mean, I even remember thinking, oh, I should have maybe got a degree in physical therapy or something else. That's what I was thinking when I graduated. And I went on anyways. And I knew I had this passion. I went back. I studied massage therapy. I got a certification in massage therapy over a number of years period and just knew that that wasn't it. But here I went on and kept searching you know, searching for that path. Mm -hmm. And it I, it just took me a long time to maybe embrace it. I don't know. Nice. Do you like Tui now? Yes. You do? Love it. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Fast forward and uh, you're an acupuncturist. And uh, since you had all that business training, uh, your, your practice probably was really uh, failing. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Just the opposite. I was wildly successful. I... So when I got out of school, I knew, I mean, it was not even an option. I wanted to build my own clinic. Okay. Uh, acupuncture school. Acupuncture. Yeah. Now, after acupuncture now school. I'm going to say this and I, in chiropractic school, and I've heard rumors that it's a little bit better now, but when I was in chiropractic school, there really wasn't much business training. They had one class where they, they made you like write a business plan, but I mean, it wasn't really a business plan that was pragmatic or functional. I mean, I think they were doing the best that they knew how. I mean, I don't think they were like doing it on purpose or anything, but I got out and I know I was not the only one that feels this way. I got out and I felt like, what now? I mean, I just didn't know. Um, but most of us didn't have MBAs either. So is that a common, I'm sure you've talked to a lot of acupuncturists about it. Is that a common thread with in acupuncture as well? Like do people get out and be like, oh shoot, I guess I have to start a business. Yeah, I do believe that that was a consensus among a lot of the students that I graduated with and certainly among the clients now that I work with um, in my coaching business. And that's not just acupuncture, or just chiropractic. It's a lot of the holistic healing modalities. And it, it also depends on the location where you're located. But oh, in general. In the, what do you mean in the country? Yes. Oh, really? You know, 
I actually started acupuncture school out in Massachusetts and there wasn't, it wasn't the same mentality about getting a job. There were a lot more jobs. The field is more developed. It's probably a little more competitive. So people felt that pressure, but I don't think they felt the same type of pressure to start a business as say in the Midwest. Oh, so, so on the, on the East coast, you're saying that uh, I've never lived in the East coast. So you're saying that there's a little bit more just what opportunities like job opportunities for people that are graduating chiropractic, acupuncture, that kind of stuff. There's a little more job. Yeah, I definitely saw that in the acupuncture community because Mm -hmm. there were well-developed clinics, clinics that would hire new graduates. Now, this is really a generalization. It's just to say that like out on the West Coast, uh, what they'll tell you, the acupuncture community out there is it's so oversaturated that everybody uses acupuncture, but it's just so oversaturated. It's really difficult to stand out. Mm. So the the situation is similar, but it's a little bit different depending on where you're located. Got it. Got it. Okay. So why did you do so well? I don't know. No. (laughs) (laughs) I had an attitude that failure was not an option. I knew exactly what I wanted and I went after it. I did not listen to the naysayers. You know, it's rampant in the community that I lived in that you shouldn't start a clinic on your own until you're five years in business. It's still almost impossible to be profitable and make a living. Um, Acupuncturists can't make a living, you know, for the first three years, you know, they'll struggle. I just, I didn't listen to anybody who said no, or you can't. I only surrounded myself with people who said anything's possible if you put your mind to it. If you want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. And that's what I did. There's no really magic behind the curtain. I don't, I didn't use a secret recipe or copy a blueprint. I just went out and I told as many people as I could about my business. I had tons of passion and belief in it and in myself. And that's contagious. Yes, for sure. So there's two things I really want to say there. One is that you had clarity about what you wanted. That's what you said. And, and you believe that you wanted it. And so I'm, I want to know what, I'm wondering if you can like describe exactly what you wanted. Uh, but before I, before I space it out, I want to throw out the other question too, which is I totally grew up in an environment where you can do anything that you want. I mean, that was not, that was never a thing for me. Like, um, you know, if you want to be an astronaut or a doctor or a fire person or whatever, like you can do whatever you want. It's something for me that's been actually difficult as I've been in business for over 10 years. I have noticed that I really am passionate about uh, freedom, my freedom and helping others, setting others free. And that's part of Viber Potential. And I have recently been getting more and more clear about what I want. And that is really actually helping to focus me. And it's actually really helping to kind of light a fire under me because, and I'm asked, I'm sharing this because I want your thoughts on it, obviously, Michelle. I think it's so important to believe that you can do anything and you can't have everything. Can you share thoughts about that? I mean, the juxtaposition of knowing that you can do anything and also deciding what you're going to do. Absolutely. So I was raised similar to you that I was raised that I could do anything that I wanted to do. 
And the struggle for me, because I was multi-talented, I could be good at a lot of different things. So the struggle for me was always to clearly articulate and define what it was that I wanted really crystal clearly. And when you're great at a lot of stuff and you have a lot of interest, that's difficult. And maybe that's why it took me a little bit longer to really get over to this entrepreneurial path. I don't know. But now, you know, fast forward a little bit and I see this over and over and over again with entrepreneurs who've started their own business, other practitioners. They struggle because they know that they can do it. They know somewhat what they want, but the more crystal clear, the more very, 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 very specific you can get about that and tell that to the universe, the more quickly it will come to you because it makes decision-making in your business and in your life so much easier. When you're crystal clear on the top two, three, three things that you want and why you want them, why they're so important to you, then you're able to say yes to the right things and no to the things that aren't you know, they might be good, but they're not great. They're not getting you to that ultimate place that you want to be. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. That's the, the saying no, that that is huge. To me, it's like, oh man, I remember when I was growing up, my I would say like, hey mom, I'm bored, you know? And she would kind of be like, are you kidding? Like, how are you bored? There's, right. <laughs> there's like a whole world. Like, what are you talking about? And as I, you know, as I grew up living around my parents that were both multi-potentialites. I have not been bored for years or decades now. Like, <laughs> like there's so much awesome stuff to do in the world. That's never my problem. I'm never like, I, I, I'm never at a loss for things to do. I'm usually, uh, it's like, hey, do you want to, do you want to go do this? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? And I, actually saying no is very difficult for me. But if you don't say no to anything, then you're not going to have a one direction, right? It's like saying no to the good stuff so you can say yes to the great stuff. Yeah. I just think that's super powerful. That's just yeah. really, really, really in my face right now, like in my personal I- life. I learned this lesson very clearly in my first year in business because as I described, I went out, I hustled, I told everybody and everything I was looking for to create, I should say, activity for my business. And I did that extremely well and that produced clients and money, cash flow that I needed. But what ended up happening is I did it so well that I started to drum up so much activity for my business so quickly And that's what most people want, but that can kind of flip and turn into a negative. And it did for me because I had so many opportunities coming at me and people wanting to work with me and partner with me and work at my clinic and clients. And pretty soon I didn't know which way I was going anymore. And I didn't have a clear vision because I outgrew my vision so Mm -hmm. quickly. I didn't have a clear vision. And I, I, so I wasn't saying no to anything. And Mm. guess what? Burnout. I mean, complete burnout. So it's almost like I had to, this is a lesson my business mentors taught me. I really had to slow down again in the short term so I could speed up later, if that makes sense. I had to slow back down, really reassess what I wanted, get clear on my goals and my vision so then I could go more quickly. Was that more of a mental process of slowing down or like physically did you behave differently for a little while, like with your practice and stuff or what? It was a mental process for me. It was getting clear on, and that's why I brought it up. It's getting clear on what it was I wanted for the next stage of my business and why mm. that, why I desired that. Where was I going to take it next? 
what was right for me in my lifestyle that I desired for myself, that was going to inform the business decisions I was making. Oh man, I just can't tell you how passionate I am about what you just said, what's right for you, as opposed to just following the next should uh, just, mm-hmm. just like figuring out what you actually want and going after that. I just think that is, you know, the, that's where the magic is. That's, that's how you get to your vibrant potential is figuring out what you want. So, um, what did you figure out after, you know, you're, you're in practice and it's like super, super busy, which is great. What did you figure out? Well, I learned during that time I had just purchased another, uh, clinic location. So I had two Uh, different locations. And I learned that that was the vision I had for myself. I thought I was going to have multi location, maybe franchise eventually. And I learned that that was not right for me, that that spread me too thin. And so I actually ended up exiting or merging my two businesses together. The the two locations you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So on one hand, I thought that's what I wanted and I did it. Like I executed on it and then I realized how that was going to strain me and how it didn't fit the lifestyle that I wanted for myself. Yeah. And so I had to back out of it. It was, you know, some people would say, oh, that was a mistake. No, it was just a risk I took. I was moving in the direction I thought, but learned that it wasn't for me. And so I changed directions. That is so great too. Actually, that's another awesome point. How, you know, they talk about whatever the number is, like 95% of businesses fail in the first five years. But fail is like, you know, we have such like a negative connotation with that. But, you know, maybe it's just like, oh, we changed our mind about that business, you know, like maybe right. maybe we didn't want to do that anymore. Like maybe we, you know, it's like, yeah, get clear. But remember, there's flexibility here. This is like, you, just because you declare something when you're 31 doesn't mean you have to follow that path until you're 87 or whatever. So yeah. how... How did you, how did you f- remain flexible? Because it's like I get that you're like this super powerful woman that's like making things happen and stuff. How did you remain flexible within that? I yes, don't know. I stumped you. Yes, you stumped me. <laughs> how did you know? It wasn't. I'm not gonna say it was easy. Like this was this. These were growing pains. I'd never been an entrepreneur before I had, you don't have any idea of all these lessons and things that are going to come at you. I think that I just, I, I followed my intuition as much as I could, to be honest. It, it wasn't even about flexibility. Now I'm way more flexible, but during that time in the first three years, I, I was just learning and having to make what I called, t- you know, tough decisions. Hmm. And I did that by staying true to myself and following my intuition. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that in anyone where they're kind of holding on to this dead husk of a dream sort of that they, you know, they said that they wanted this thing and they clearly on some level don't anymore, but they kind of just keep going because they feel stuck. Like they feel like they have to do that. You know, I ended up exiting my clinic and I went through that process again. When you're going through that, you're just hitting a ceiling of growth. That's what I think. You're hitting another. So you were able to expand yourself enough to, you know, start start your own business. Then you're able to expand yourself enough to grow it to, you know, profitable. Then you're able to expand beyond that or you're not. You're afraid. You see what I mean? You're afraid to let it go or you're afraid to go bigger or you're afraid to be flexible enough to have to change the direction. 
Mm, so you think it's a fear thing that holds people back? Yeah, I don't think it's a willingness to be flexible. I think it's they're stuck in their growth, their mindset. They're worrying about what other people think. They're fearful of what's what's on the other side. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so then, so after you you expanded, you had two businesses, and then you said, "Whoa, time to pull back on that." Like that, that's not what direction I want to go. And you merged the two uh, locations into one. And then you decided on something else altogether. So then take us through that phase. Yeah. I mean, at some point, I started to realize I was really in love with getting to my clinic. I love seeing my patients. I loved growing it. I did not love running it. I love talking to the practitioners about their business and how we're going to grow and get more clients. I the, just didn't the people, love that. Yeah. The, the people, people that worked with me. Yeah. 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 Okay. I did not love the managing of the day-to-day. And I had hired somebody to help lead that process for me because it's certainly possible to not have to be in the weeds every day in the operational aspect of your business. But they still, my clinic still required my leadership. Now, this is what so many small business owners miss. I wasn't, you know, I was definitely not the type of, I wasn't a manager of my business. I want, you know, I wanted to lead my business, but that took my presence. That took me being there, communicating the vision, you know, leading people in that direction. And what I really discovered is that I didn't want that for my lifestyle. So I'm, I grew and changed and I wanted to be more mobile. I wanted to be location independent. Oh, and I, I want to let you go, but on this, but I, I, I have to ask you, can you can you clarify a little bit or distinguish between managing and leadership? Yeah. I mean, I actually talk about this a lot in my book because I'm so passionate about it. I think that especially in small business, we're thinking about really the day-to-day operations. We're telling, you know, we're doing checks and balances, monitoring, telling people what to do, doing a good job, doing a correct job, training. That's all, those are all management types of tasks in your business. But leading people, leading people is is getting them to follow you around a shared vision, inspiring them, empowering your people to take action in the direction of shared goals. It's about influence. It's it's not about um, tasks and checklists, as I mentioned. Of course, as a leader, you're interested in in numbers and measurements and the success of the overall business, but that's not how you're spending your day-to-day time. Yeah, you're more interested in that partly because it's a measurement of if you're... Yeah, are you getting toward that vision? Yes. The numbers numbers can reflect that. Mm -hmm. And I, it's, you know, it's something that maybe is kind of a simplified idea to think about, especially coming maybe from a corporate background, depending on who your listeners are. But in a small business, I see this time and time again, you know, they're not thinking about the differentiating between the two. And that's really, really important, especially if it's just more than you. Regardless of if it's an employee, an independent contractor, if you're subleasing, if you have office staff, all of those people are equally important to your business. It doesn't matter how you structure the financial relationship. They're still part of your business and your brand, and they need to be invested in as a leader. These people need your time as a leader. 
I feel like it almost doesn't matter if you have employees for this conversation. Like, I feel like you really, if especially, I mean, this is even true if like you're probably some in some type of leadership role within someone else's company, if you want to be successful at that. But especially if you have your own business, you have to have an eye. I mean, you have to be crystal clear, like, you know, going back 10 minutes. So what you said, uh, you have to be crystal clear on that vision and, and leadership can't happen if you're not clear on it. And, um, it, it reminds me of, I mean, I haven't read it for years, but I love Michael Gerber's book, E-Myth. Have you read that one? I haven't. Oh, man, that's a really good one. And he talks about working in your business versus working on your business. And he talks too about in there about how if you want to, if you, if you're, if you own your own business and say you're someone like, I mean, I'm a chiropractor. So, I mean, that's the, the lens I was viewing it through as I was reading it. So there's a lot of chiropractors that are solo entrepreneurs and they have to go, they, they want to be just helping people but they have to manage a business and stuff. And and you don't realize that you have to, I mean, you know, you're talking about being on the on the West Coast and and not not being able to stand out and stuff. It's like, but that's true anywhere to some extent. Maybe more in California than Minnesota, maybe. But but I would say anywhere it's true. Like you have to have a vision of what are what value are you trying to bring to you know, the marketplace, quote unquote, or, or to a human, what value are you trying to bring? And, and then leadership is about, you know, like you said, like influencing people and, and, and gathering people around you and whether or not you're a sole entrepreneur or you have employees, it's like, you have to either, you have to gather, you have to gather people around you, whether it's like referral sources and, or, and or employees and patients even, I mean, like, uh, or, or clients if it's a different business, right? I mean, what do you think? Am I, am I on, am I on here or do you disagree with any of it or? No, I think we're on the same plane and actually listening to you say that back to me, helped me see that the way I've been describing the success in my business is emulated in the concept of leadership. I never showed up in my community anywhere. All of those places you described, whether it was at the clinic, in the community, partnering, networking, I never just showed up as an acupuncturist or even a clinic owner. I just showed up as me with the attitude of, I'm a leader in my community. Hmm. This is important. You know, what I have to offer is from the perspective of a lot, you know, of offering healthcare solutions, of being a business owner, of being just me, of being, you know what I mean? I so know what you mean. And it's so important, no matter what you're doing. And and I mean, this conversation, I just feel like it doesn't matter. We're talking about business, but I just feel like it's anything in life. If, if, yeah. if you decide that you want something, get clear about why. And it sounds so cliche to me because honestly, I I was exposed to some some cool leadership and business training kind of before I even knew what it was about. Like I didn't know what to do with it or how to synthesize it sort of into my life. And so I had heard this stuff about like, you know, if the why is clear, then the how will come or something, you know, like you you hear stuff like that. It's like, well, what the heck does that mean? You know, but now I get what it means. And it's like, oh man, I want other people to get what it means now that I know what it means. I asked you, how were you successful in practice? And you jokingly said that you didn't know, but 
the the truth of it is is that you you don't have a bullet point list it sounds like Michelle you don't have a bullet point list of well you got to do 10 of these a day and then you got to do this every day and this once a week and the hows do fall into place when you are clear about what you want and well and nothing i mean if you're if yeah. you're, if you're clear about what you want the hows kind of like you just figure it out Yes. And that's why I don't have a list, a bullet point list or a cookie cutter program or just do these 10 things and you will be successful because, and this goes back to something you were saying earlier, Chris, businesses are not cookie cutter. So many of the individuals I work with and like the health and wellness community, but it really could be any business are often looking around looking at others who are successful that they know of and they're trying to copy Yes. You know, they're trying to copy what they're doing, thinking yes. that they're missing something or there's a, a secret sauce or a secret recipe. And the truth is not that at all. The truth is know what you want, why you want it, structure that business to meet your lifestyle. It can be any structure, like everything is possible. So it's just however you want it. And when you can align those things, boom, that's when it blows up. That's when it, the success comes that you're looking for. Totally. I love it. So what's funny is, unless I missed it, Michelle, I think uh, on this conversation, I don't know if we've actually said that you got out of your practice. Have, have, I don't think we went over that yet, did we? <laughs> no, I, I don't know if we got to that part. So let's let's talk about that. You left your practice and you can talk about why and, and if it was scary or, you know, talk about that transition. The transition was horrible. It was one of the most <laughs> difficult business decisions I've had to make. So, it, you know, I'm sounding really confident and like I know what I'm doing and making swift decisions and taking risks. And I have been doing all of those things. But when you build something that you love, that was your dream, that you put blood, sweat and tears, you know, financial aside, blood, sweat and tears, all of your time into it, and it's successful. It is successful on paper. It's what everybody dreams of. To walk away from that is not an easy decision. And the, so the process for me was this business is no longer my dream. I thought it was my dream. I've changed. I've grown for whatever reason. It's not my dream anymore. And I tried to downsize it. So step one, I'm going to downsize it. I'm going to work less hours. I'm not going to have this full staff going to simplify, downsize, and keep it going. Tried that, realized that it still required my leadership. And when I took my eye off the ball while I was trying, you know, working to grow my second business in, in, in coaching, like it just, there was always a tug back and forth. So step two, okay, well, this is a great business. It's beautiful. It's working. It just needs somebody's leadership. I'll sell it. Went through the process for about a year to sell it. I had two different opportunities that I was working through those 12 months. Neither of them came to complete fruition. At that point, I was exhausted. I was really finding success in my online coaching business. And the opportunity cost of holding on to the business now become became too great because I had downsized it to the point where I wasn't making as much money. So I decided to close it, again, just because of the opportunity cost of holding on to it. Once I made that decision, now this is like 12, 18 months in, once I was able to make the decision to close it, boom, universe started flowing, 
sold the assets, like no, no problem. Like everything just closed up so easily, but getting to that decision was so painful. So very painful. It was like, not to be too dramatic, but like, kind of like, like leaving my child on the corner, like, like abandoning my child. (laughs) Yeah. Do you regret it? No, no. So once I made the decision to close that, I was free. It was just going, I think I was actually going through a grieving process during that time of letting it go. Mm. Absolutely. But I, but by the time the decision was made to close all up, then the, I was done. I really put myself through a lot of unneeded stress and pain But I think that was just something being a new entrepreneur. That was my first business. I've talked to other more seasoned entrepreneurs and it's really, really common to be so attached, especially to your first business. Mm, You're a business coach. Yes. I had been doing some coaching over the years during the time I owned the clinic through an organization called score.org. They are a national nonprofit that helps small business. Um, be successful. And I was a mentor through them, actually. And I really, really loved it. And I loved talking shop with other business owners in my area and helping the practitioners in my clinic be successful. And I had people coming to me all the time asking my advice on how I grew such a successful business so quickly. And so I was like, hmm, I might be able to, you know, make some money at this, you know, doing this, loving it and, and being paid well for it. So I started to develop an online model for myself. And the way I went about it was first and foremost, I wrote a book. I wrote a book about my clinic journey and all of the things I learned and the things that helped contribute to my success. And to support that book, to support the publishing of that book, I started to put myself out there online, not just locally now, online in the global marketplace to say, hey, I'm a coach for health and wellness experts who are looking to maybe advance their business locally or take it online to have access to a global audience and create other forms or passive income for themselves. And that's really my niche. I love I'm really passionate about the umbrella of holistic healthcare, so I work with practitioners. You know, they're they're a special crew. And I'm really passionate about bringing and raising the bar in our industry. And I think my best place to do that is to help them make the money they desire and deserve. Hmm, hmm. Specifically online. Mm, mostly. I mean, you know, I, I, I do still work with uh, those who are local, those like acupuncturists, chiropractors, et cetera, massage therapists who are looking to grow their local business. But as as my business has evolved, my coaching has evolved, right? So now I'm working online all the time. I'm really passionate about being online and creating a global audience. And that excites me. So now I'm getting a lot of clients who are also interested in doing that. Would you say that for a local practitioner, uh, chiropractor, acupuncturist, massage therapist, is it important to be online uh, if they don't have aspirations about having an online business, but they just want to uh, do whatever they can do to draw business to their local business. Is that important to be online then? 
I, I believe so. Because that is where all your clients are. Everybody is online all the time. Mm, okay. So is it uh, a too big of a question or can you kind of sum up like, what would it look like differently if uh, someone was trying to build an online business? Like, let's say, let's say you're coaching uh, an acupuncturist who has a local practice, but wants to uh, transition into an online business somehow. Um, versus an acupuncturist who loves being an acupuncturist and just uh, wants to let people know about what he or she is doing and where people can find him or her locally. Like what, what's the difference that of their behaviors online, if any? Yeah, that, I mean, it's kind of a big question, but here's what I think <laughs> of. <laughs> so if I'm a local acupuncturist, and I want to make sure my practice is well known and build a following, my clients or my potential clients locally are still hanging out online. So I may offer, you know, a complimentary ebook about Chinese medicine to all my patients and potential patients, build an email marketing list, communicate with them regularly about what's happening, and run a ad on Facebook to give them an opportunity to opt in for my free ebook or something. So I might just be engaging with people online. And of course, there are ways that you can try to filter. If I'm in Austin, Texas, if you're running an ad on Facebook, you target people in Austin. Yeah, you can target. That's why I love it so much. And listen, everybody's on Facebook. Just as an example, everybody's on Facebook. Your potential clients are on Facebook. That's what I would be doing if I was in practice right now. That's just for the local part, okay? Now, if I was an, an acupuncturist and I wanted to start an online part to my business, I might offer or create a free course, a free course about acupuncture pressure points you can do at home, a free course educating. Maybe it's got multiple modules about Chinese medicine. I might create a free course on the nutritional aspects of Eastern medicine. And I would create those courses one time and I would have them available for purchase on my website. Once I had that, I would create funnels online, just as I described, to bring in local business, to bring in business from around the globe to purchase my courses. Nice. Okay. So that would just be the difference between somebody who is maybe just wanting to use social media or other online marketing to create a funnel for potential clients versus somebody who wants to create a funnel for something that's like just an online portion. The key here in the main objection I hear all the time is that this doesn't work and I'm not seeing any results. Well, online is different. I mean, people still buy regardless, regardless of those they know, like, and trust. And it's so much easier to shake somebody's hand, look them in the eye, feel the energy and earn trust and respect and develop a relationship much, much, much more quickly than it is online. I, I haven't figured out the exact statistic yet, but it's got to take at least three to four times longer. I actually heard a statistic that it takes somewhere between 700 and 1,000 posts online for you to become recognizable. So it's a much greater task, and that's why people do not see the results. You really need to go at it consistently, and you have to put yourself out there. Okay, so if I have a listener right now that is 
they just figured out they they just got clear about where they're going and they they are a business owner and they they want but they don't really know anything about online marketing strategies what's their next step well i would get a business coach that's done it that's what i did so when i was because i got smart right like i'm like i'm not I'm not going to take four years to figure this out. Like I'm going to get the people around me who know what they're doing and learn the best techniques I can from them and then apply it to what I want to do for my business. Nice. So the first thing I did when I was going online officially was hire a business coach who also had developed a successful online business for herself. And I was still running the clinic. I was still seeing acupuncture patients. I was still in the throes of it all. And during the first three months of that online adventure, I brought in $11,000 working part, part, part time online. In that, over what amount of time? In three months. Nice. Which isn't, you know, you've, you hear some of these overnight successes of 100K and all that. But listen, I was running a full clinic and seeing patients. So I was, that's great results. And I attribute that to working with someone who could tell me exactly you know, what was happening online, how she was doing it and advise me so I could apply that to my business. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, when you hear like, oh, I, I made $100,000 after I pushed the button and, you know, in 11 hours or something like that. It's, um, I'm not saying that stuff d- doesn't happen, but I mean, $11,000 in three months. I mean, if you just multiply that by four, that's, I mean... Pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Even if you're not, uh, even if you didn't have a different business, I mean, that's some, you know. That's still that, good for a new business. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially so. I remember, like in my clinic, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars in overhead versus under two thousand easily in overhead. Mm, yeah, good, good, good point. Um, I, man, overhead is such a. It's a, it's a killer. It's a beast. <laughs> I mean, I people once in a while, I, I talk to people about network marketing and there are certain people that are just, you know, really against network marketing. And I have a different viewpoint about it. Um, I think network marketing is great because it allows people that are in their job and they're having that that sort of sinking feeling that we were talking about at the beginning of the show about you know, they've got this voice and they're just like, oh, this is not where I want to be and stuff, but they don't really know where to go. And uh, network marketing can provide a, a way to surround yourself with other people that are trying to find what they're passionate about as well. And they don't need to have, you know, $10,000 a month in overhead right away to try to start a business. So um, I don't know, that's a little bit of a tangent, but uh, that made me think about it. It's like, Man, if you can have a business that uh, you can do what you're passionate about and not have all that overhead, I just think that's a that's a great way to go. Absolutely, and to create you know some passive income streams while you're figuring out what your next thing is. Bow show. All right, Michelle, is there any uh, any closing thoughts, anything like that that you want to share? I have two things I want to I want to say. First and foremost, just. I always put the plug out there for what I'm super passionate about, which is the field of holistic healthcare. I'm extremely, extremely interested in raising the level of our medicine to an equal stage with 
Western modalities. And to do that, we need lots and lots of leadership in our industry. And we're at a shortage right now for that. And the way that we create leaders is to create successful business owners. And that is why I'm on a mission to really help health and wellness experts make the money that they desire and deserve in their business. So thanks for letting me put my soapbox out there. <laughs> no, and I, I love the way that you just said that too, because you're a business coach. If there's someone that wants help, wants business coaching, you guys can contact Michelle. You can go to the show note page. It'll be drchrisfreckman.com slash making the maven. And you can find out about Michelle. You can check out her book. You can check out her podcast. And I'll, I'll put whatever contact information there that she wants there. So if anybody needs a good business coach, you can contact Michelle. I'm putting that out there uh, without Michelle's permission, I guess. But hopefully that's okay, Michelle. Yes, thank you. Yeah. But what I think is is great is that what, and I'm just pointing this out because we've been talking about this all hour. You're running a business and you're here talking to me and we're, we're sharing value with people. And what you just did was was leadership. You just, you didn't say, hey, call me because you didn't just talk about this for 45 minutes or an hour and then say, and if you're running a business, I'm a business coach, please call me because I need clients or something like that. You didn't just blatantly plug yourself, which I would have let you do anyways, right? I'm in support of you. You do good work. I'm not opposed to people knowing that you're a business coach. But what you did instead was really more leadership and you shared your vision and people that could get behind a vision of uh, alternative healthcare rising up and being a respected source of healthcare next to the traditional medical model. People, if they're passionate about that, you can't make people passionate about that, but if they're also passionate about that, they can hear that and they can get behind you and they can choose to get behind you if they want to. And that's leadership. So I'm only saying all of that as a long-winded way to say like, that's leadership, folks. There it is. Check it out. If you, if you missed it, rewind four minutes and, and listen again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for saying that, Chris. Yeah, you bet. I think you said you wanted one other thing that you wanted to share. Do you remember? Yes. The other thing is, and it's really kind of a summary of some of the things we talked about that I'm also really passionate about is just understand really what you want and why you want it. It's we really need to stop the comparison and you need to go and do the inner work so you can create the business on the outside that you really desire. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Michelle. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. All right. Take care. Thanks. Visit drchrisfrickman.com for more cutting-edge content, including nutrition and detoxification advice, unique fitness videos, and more.